Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy Simpson here. I want to go back to the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, we started on the last podcast, and I'll say this. If you've not listened to episode number 193, make sure you listen to that first. It lays the groundwork for today. This is part two on the touch of God. The touch of God, because five times in the book of Daniel, Daniel 8, 18, Daniel 9, 21, and 22, Daniel 10, 10, and 11, 16, and 18, there were five times that Daniel received a touch from God. And we looked at that on the last podcast, the touch of salvation. We looked at the touch of skill. We looked at the touch of speaking, the touch to stand, and lastly, the touch of strength. And we need the touch of God. And there's three things about Daniel that I want to look at today that I believe are the reason that God touched him. There's three things right out of the passage of Scripture. In Daniel chapter number 1, The first reason I believe God touched Daniel is because Daniel had a purpose. Daniel had a purpose. The Bible said in chapter 1 and verse number 8, And Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He purposed. He purposed. He had a cause. He was committed. He was determined. He purposed. He had a a reason for what he was doing. And his purpose was, I'm not going to defile myself. You know, some people say they have convictions, but then they go back. Uh, John the Beloved said they went out from us because they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went went out from us that it might be... Uh, revealed that they were not all of us. And so defilement, people in this generation have lost that personal devotion to cleanliness, that purpose. I believe the touch of God, it will come to your life when you purpose that you're going to live a clean and holy life. This book has not changed. God has not changed. It doesn't matter the city, it doesn't matter the state, it doesn't matter the, the, the country. God has not changed, and we have raised a generation over the past 30, 40, 50 years that does not mind touching the world or letting the world touch them. But Daniel said, I'm not going to violate Scripture. He said, I'm not going to eat any of this meat, no, no swine. I'm not going to eat any wine, no swine and no wine. And of course, the Apostle Paul dealt with that in the New Testament, that all, you know, food is is holy, you can sanctify it. But in the Old Testament, a Jew was not supposed to eat of that. And David said, I am not going to violate Scripture. I am not going to go against what God's Word says, what God's commandment says. 
And so we need to raise up a generation that understands there are things you do and there are things you don't do. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we can talk about how we want the touch of God, but if we're living impure lives, God will not touch it. Daniel wouldn't violate scripture. He said, no swine, no wine. And Daniel didn't act super spiritual about it either. <laughs> oh, me. What we've raised now is we got a society of, in, in the church of people who are proud of, of their convictions. They're proud of how holy they are. I don't do what you do. You don't do what I do. I, this is my list of rules. This thing is personal, folks. It's personal. Daniel purposed in his heart, but he did not act super spiritual about it. He knew what he believed in his heart. Daniel 1.8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor the wine which he drank. Therefore, watch this, he did not act all super spiritual about it. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs. He was not uh, ugly about it. He requested. He didn't say, bless God, I ain't going to do that. He requested. He had a purpose. He wanted God in his life. He said, I'm not going to defile myself. He had a purpose for his purpose. I want to ask you right now, what's the purpose of your purpose? Why do you do what you do? Why do you have uh, the rules for your life that you have? Why do you have the regulation you have in your life? And I believe in it. I don't believe in putting an emphasis over rules and regulation over a relationship with Christ because I believe the relationship with Christ will take care of the rules and the regulations. I heard my dad say this many, many times. Rules are not for spiritual people. Rules are for carnal people. And you have to have rules. You have to have boundaries. You have to have standards. But I'm a firm believer that if we get our heart right, then our action will take care of itself. We've heard it many, many times. I've heard it many, many years. Catch the fish and then clean them. I've heard that so many times, and I believe that because what they're saying when a preacher said that, he's saying if a person gets saved, God will do the work. Catch them and then clean them. You don't clean your fish before you catch them. You catch them, then you clean them. Why do you do what you do? What's your purpose behind your purpose? Do you ever wonder why some people come to church? Uh, I, I, what's the purpose? They don't come to get in. They come to get out. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've been a pastor now for almost 26 years and, and been in full-time service for 30 years. Been in full-time ministry for 30 years, and I've seen it. People are here, but they're not here. They're present. But their mind is at their job. They're present, but their mind is at a ball game. They're present at church, but their mind is on a golf course or on a fishing boat or at the mall. What's the purpose behind your purpose? Why do you do what you do? Some people don't come to get in at church. They come to get out. And the minute I start preaching, some start thinking, what time is it? I've seen them look at their watch. I've seen them thumb through the songbook. I've seen them clip their fingernails. <laughs> they never get in. They never work. They never give. They never pray. They never testify. They never worship. They never come to the altar. That is a big one that bothers me as a pastor. 
even though I'm more concerned about my relationship with God than at theirs, it still it still bothers me to see some never move to the altar. You never have anything to pray about? Not one sermon I preached all year was prompted you to go to the altar? I mean, I'm not talking about somebody who's, you know, got a crippling and, and or can't kneel. But I remember, I remember a lady I used to pastor, I won't call her name, but she couldn't kneel in the altar. But you know what she would do? Almost every service, she would walk down the aisle during the invitation. She would stand at the communion table right in front of the pulpit, and she would pray. She couldn't get down, but she would stand there and she would pray. And boy, what an encouragement that was to me as a pastor. I've got a great church, and I've got a lot of my church listening right now, and I love you dearly. Okay, I know I've got a lot of members that listen to this podcast every day. But do you never feel a desire to go to the altar? See, the altar's an important place. What's the purpose behind your purpose? Why are you here? Folks never worship. They never go to the altar. They never testify. They never give. They never pray. Why do we do the things that we do? There's some reasons why I live and serve the way I serve. There are reasons why I live the way I live. I have a purpose for my purpose. There's a cause. There's a foundation for my life. There's a cause to serve God. You remember when David carried that food to his brothers? Jesse sent David down to the battle. And uh, he carried that food to his brothers. And and, and Goliath was in the valley. And, and nobody's willing to fight him. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I'm sure it's one of yours. And Goliath comes out and he says, send me a man. And he's cussing and he's defying the God of Israel. And he's mocking Israel. And David looked at all them fellas and he said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He's like, you know what David's saying? There's a purpose here. There's a purpose behind our purpose. There's a reason you're on the battlefield right down there in the Valley of Elah. the purpose behind the purpose. And they said, well, the thing is, David, um, we just think Goliath's too big to hit. And David said, no, Goliath's too big to miss. And he picked up those five stones, and he went out to fight that giant. And he's fixing to sling that stone, and about the time he's about to sling that stone, I believe the Holy Ghost saddled that stone. And I believe the Holy Ghost flew with that stone. David, David couldn't have done that by himself. He said, the battle's the Lord's. He said, you come to me with sword and spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And God, the Holy Ghost, saddled that stone. And, 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 and hit him, and he fell forward. He didn't fall backward. That's not uh, according to the law of physics. He should have fell backward, but he fell forward, and David went down there and cut his head. And you know what everybody did? They started running. David defeated the giant. Here come all those men of Israel running off that mountain into the valley. Look what we've done. We're, we're going to get this. Boy, there's the same crowd in our churches. They wouldn't give a nickel to see an ant eat a bale of hay but they'll try to take credit for things that's going on around there. God will never touch you if you're defiling yourself. God will never touch you if you're defiling yourself. The reason Daniel experienced these five touches is because he purposed, I'm living a clean life. I want to challenge you today to live a clean life. 
It ought to be a purpose we wake up with every day. I'm going to make sure I watch the right things, say the right things, listen to the right things, go to the right places, hang around the right people. You don't hear preaching like that anymore, but it's right. Is there anything in your life that's defiling you, defiling your temple? Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Is there anything that you're touching, anything that you're watching on television, on the computer, on the Internet? Anything you're listening to, anything you're reading, any person that you're hanging around, any place that you're going that you're defiling God's temple, you'll not experience the touch of God until you purpose not to defile yourself. This world needs salt and light. You know something about salt and light? It's all about defilement. Salt purifies Light illuminates the darkness. Darkness is a picture of sin. Salt, it purifies. And light, it illuminates. And how we need somebody to go out today and be salt and light. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Why don't you go out today and do that? If you're listening to this and they even want you to say, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm on purpose not to defile myself. And Instead, I'm going to go out and purify. I'm going to go out and illuminate. Now, don't miss the next Treasures of Truth podcast because we're going back into this study on the touch of God. And until then, God bless you.